Welcome back to the Emergency Power Podcast. You've made it through another week, so go ahead and sit on down and charge up with us. Ugh. Yes, it's another week. It's another Stretch. week. Stretch. <laughs> I love your lionfish background there. Just oh. trying, to, <laughs> trying to insert that visual, really cement that for Adam us. Adam is really going for the underwater theme. Well, you guys are underwater, so if I picked a different theme, that might have been might have been a mistake. I mean, you could have gone with like Sebastian the Crab and some some other a medley of sea, you know, singing seafood. I very nearly put like an under the sea thing behind oh. me for you guys to see, but <laughs> oh look, it's every prom theme ever. That's <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> Wait, you didn't tell me that we were going to prom. I don't have a date. We'll find Uzi. Oh, you. man. There's now going to be had to be a subplot where Scriff has to, like, ski the space K-12 against his his high school nemesis or something to get a prom date. Oh, I don't my know. gosh. <laughs> it's it's going to be that that 80s ripoff episode. Yeah. Uh, if we do any, like, one shots, it'll just be, like, Breakfast Club era style stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. That actually sounds amazing. So <laughs> some, really poor, some poor reviewer is going to get on and be like, season three of this podcast is just a rehash of Encino, man. I don't know what they're doing here. <laughs> it took a hard right. It's very strange. <laughs> oh, God. I haven't seen Encino, man, in so long. Well, it's, but it's, it's a cinematic classic. It's one of the staples is. of American film. And I had a big crush on Brendan Fraser. Still do. Love the guy. Wonderful person. Valid. Yes. But oof, those abs in the Tarzan. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's on point. <laughs> well, right. before that goes down too much of a rabbit hole. Um, so point of business up top before anything else happens. Last time you guys had like, there was a lot of exposition that happened in the last one. So thank you guys for going through that. Uh, at the end of it, you are shown a vision of the Oleron people and how this giant ring fell from the sky and this being came through and they communicated. And then eventually that being got attacked by a giant creature that tore off one of its arms and then swam over and sat down on top of the ring, right? Cooper had made a guess that the thing blocking the ring was in fact a creature. So for that yes. incredible insight, my man over here gets himself a popsicle. Oh, All right. Snap. Nice. Oh my gosh. And I was most I was somewhat joking, but <laughs> it was so comical to me that it might have been a creature sucking things down and as Oh my gosh. I think Cooper so glad I called it. <laughs> you may have played too many games that I run cuz uh <laughs> you seem to have some insight. Mm, it's possible. Nailing all the plot points. Yeah, well, we'll thought. have to find out what other guesses may or may not be correct as we move on cuz you guys had some other thoughts as yeah. well. Still a lot of unknowns. But why don't we head into this? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let us proceed. A story told of days of old offers depths of wisdom you now hold. Retrieve that which makes you whole from the stomach of the beast who stole. So sit on down and gather round as we head into the Tomes of Emergency Power, Volume 2, Chapter 7. 
we're in the episode where we're recreating the water level from Ocarina of Time. Absolutely. <laughs> we have to go into the beast. Yeah, and all the... of your controls are much more difficult to use now because they're older, so good luck with that hook shot. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't like this punch. I don't want to drink any more of this. <laughs> I want to go home. But you can't. You're stuck underwater. I know. Yeah, that's, I've been reflecting on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Oleron elders finish relaying their story just as the luminescent ink begins to fade in the water. A good storyteller always finishes just as the edges of the continuous strand begin to darken. Pawns, 5e, Scriff. You all saw this tale unfold inside your minds of the ring from the sky, the being passing through, the telepathic communication, and seeing the beast come through and just take that thing's arm off. The Oleron who brought everyone to this place and led this story now approaches you with the story having drawn to a close. You who bear the giver's gift and come in their name. This one must beg for forgiveness. Not for this one's sake, but for their people. This one's knowledge has been passed directly from we who were there when the giver was struck by the Isateri. We were unable to aid despite all that was given to our people. I beg of you. Please, give thy master this in repentance for our weakness, so they may spare us well-deserved wrath. Uh, first off, the Isatari is, from context, the very, very large creature that put its behind us on that ring. Mm -hmm. They glow and their spines vibrate, and it signals to another of the Elder, who moves over to a wall and places their hands on it. It glows with this magical energy before fading away. They move into a small cave, and shortly after, they return with a green stone that has been smoothed into the shape of a shell. That which helped our people to strengthen our mind, this one places as offering to the giver. Pawns, as they bring this stone forward, you can feel this strange resonance with it there's a high likelihood it has something to do with maybe amplifying mental capabilities or something along Ooh. those lines. Now, I want to lay out the situation here so you guys understand what's going yeah, on. Yeah, that'd be good. So the Oleron have managed to kind of jump the evolutionary track a little bit and create this crude form of telepathy in which they can send information to other people. And this stone seems like it's got something to do with that. Now, they're offering it to you so you can give it to this being, being. because mm -hmm. they seem to think that you guys are related to that being because pawns, you have telepathy in, like, in the true sense, unlike what they have. Uh -huh. So they think you're related somehow. And again, that being, you, you called it a what? Isatori, the... was that the word? Uh, yes, that is correct. Yeah, they and... expect you to give this stone to the giver because they weren't able to help when this beast came because they're the little fish dudes, right? Mm -hmm. So this, they're giving this to you guys it's to like say, 
Yeah, hey, um, we're sorry we couldn't help. Please take our most holy of artifacts to give to the giver. Right? If you put it up to your ear, does it sound like the ocean? <laughs> Magic. Punch. I can guarantee 100% yes, it does. So uh, upon being <laughs> given this stone and the accompanying information, 5e turns to Pons and says, I don't know the best way to approach this diplomatic situation. Uh, that, that seems rare for you. Um, I, I definitely want this stone. I get a really nice vibe off of it. Well, they gave it to us. Yeah. yeah, so, but what I'm saying is I really want the stone. Can you deduce anything about its nature simply by handling it? It's very nice and smooth uh, up, but um, <laughs> let, let me check further into it. That's a start. Absolutely. Do Go a ahead check and give me here? a roll for that. Um... My brain is not working, so I need to look which one it would be. Mysticism. Definitely can mysticism. Can I, yes. can I also roll mysticism? Sure. Can I look on in awe as they roll mysticism? Yes. Yes, you can. Uh, it's a 20 total. <gasps> 21. 20 total. 21 total. Ooh. Nice. Here's what this breaks down to. When you have this stone for mind-affecting spells and spell-like abilities, you can use this stone, right? And it will double your damage as if doing a critical attack. Oh, my God. Oh, or, please put mind thrust in all your spell slots now. Thank you. <laughs> if it's a spell with a save, it temporarily raises that by four. That Dang. being said, you can tell that it has limited uses. Oh. Every time it's used in one of these ways, a crack will form through the shell, eventually oh. causing it to shatter. So oh. you're not sure how many times you can use it. Could be a little, could be a lot. At least one. I don't know if Pawn should hang on to this. This is scary. Okay. Well, you're the only one that can use I it. I know. <laughs> I'm worried. I don't have any mind-affecting abilities. Because somewhat you're telling us, Adam, hey, you can use it, and it will really help you. On the other hand, you're like, it's so powerful. You kind of have some, you what's, know. What's that meme from Mad Max? That's bait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, Adam. I don't yeah, know if you should have given me that. All right. It's up to you guys <laughs> if you accept it or not. You can also say, you know, this is... Is this too much or no, ponds will want you know, whatever sure. you do i don't want cool stuff keep your cool stuff yeah i will i'll will take it in both hands and uh, I'll, I'll relay that information to uh 5e at least as much okay okay as his bonds would understand that it would seem um, to be a very useful tool for you but is it appropriate for us to take this from these people given that they are under the false impression that we are disciples of some sort of supernatural being at least as far as their own history and theology is concerned. I, I mean, you never know. Maybe we're related to this creature. They, they seem to have a very vague description of who actually came to them. But it, it, it is in the general direction of where we're searching. So We can always give it back if uh -huh. we don't need it. It would seem <laughs> that this creature's arm might be the only clue that will move us along our paths. If nothing else, we should recover the tissue and see what information we can find in connection with the anomaly involving the gravity well over this planet. Oh. That's a good question. All right, so you're accepting this gift? Yeah. This one is most grateful. Our people wish only 
that we may be safe and our seas may be preserved. If more be required by thy master, this one offers themselves and their storied knowledge as sacrifice. Wow. Whoa, pull okay. out a knife. I'm ready <laughs> for the sacrifice. Well, get on the table. <laughs> so, no. so wait, the elder, Not really. the one that was just created to be an elder? You're a so monster. Yeah. Okay. They're You're saying, like, if you take this stone... <laughs> I just missed that. What did you say, oh Richard? God, You're a monster. <laughs> so what they're saying is if this stone is not enough and that the giver is not pleased, mm -hmm. then they will also offer themselves and the knowledge they have. Uh, which would necessitate okay. the sacrifice of his life because the other guy died to bring all this knowledge into him. Yeah. Do, do yeah. we have a general idea how many elders there are in this society? Like, Seems like yeah. As far as like larger right amount? here, there are five. Okay. There may be other clans. You're not sure at this point, but here there are five. Got it. Well, I'll respond to him. Thank, thank you. Hopefully that's not necessary, but we will do our best to negotiate with the giver on your behalf. They bow their head and they glow the solemn blue color. Now, if you wish, this one can offer guidance to the place of the Isatori, for it rests upon the fissure of world, and there you can reclaim that which makes you whole. Can we all understand him or just pawns? All of you can. Okay. I'll, yeah, shared I'll... language, all upon you. Oh. That would be most helpful, replies Fivey. Unless there's anything else, I'm going to move us right along. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah let's, sure. let's lead lead the way then. I think we're all ready to depart. Are any of us uh, low health or anything? I'm good. Let me check. Uh, I'm just down two stamina. Yeah, I'm okay. Down six, but I'll I'll survive. Not worried about it. All right. So you guys head back to the submarine because I can't imagine you're going to want to swim the entire way. No. <laughs> mm. -mm. You jump into your submarine and you begin to follow your guide back to the place where this beast rests. It takes nearly as long as it did to get to the beacon in the first place. And your guide is very cautious as you venture further from this tranquil underwater city. They now hold precious knowledge, which would be quite the blow to lose. It also gives the party plenty of time to think. To think on what has happened in the system and what has happened to you personally, to the dreams and nightmares, the wins and the losses. So at this time, I want to delve into that a little bit. Where you're all at, what's going through your mind. And 5e, let's go ahead and start with you. Okay. Well, as to the immediate situation, I think 5e is finding a lot of empathy with um, the Oneron just because they they value the preservation of knowledge to the point where they they take it practically for granted that one of them would have to sacrifice themselves in order to pass that knowledge down to the next generation and because 5e is a data-driven creature i think he sees a great nobility in that um he's very impressed with them and a little bit worried i think about having taken advantage of their misunderstanding of the situation to get this stone. But he also knows that this is probably the best way forward because in 5e's head, everything that's happened to us on our journey so far really adds up to a whole bunch of equations with missing variables and unbalanced sides. 
Mm-hmm. We're, we're finding little pieces to suggest what those variables might be. And the only piece that we have to, to move toward is the sample of flesh from this extra dimensional being that was injured by yet another, well, maybe not an extra dimensional, but a monstrous being. So he's kind of got his eyes on the prize because he knows that his personal goals cannot be resolved until we figure out where or when or what we are. <laughs> that's fair that's a lot of thoughts <laughs> that's good I see where you're coming from the download is a lot like pulling a bunch of data off an old computer to put it onto a new faster better model so yeah I, I see the parallels there it's very interesting well then Scriff let's go ahead let's jump over to you so while 5E's thoughts are more towards the Oleron Scriff's concerns are more internal. They're thinking about the fact that them being on this planet means that they are unable to interact with the world outside of this uh, system. And for reasons that I'm not going to get into here, they have concerns for the well-being of their family because there are certain individuals that should Scriff not be able to get back to normal space would be in danger, particularly uh, Nima, his sister, and his other siblings. Despite the fact that Scriff could pursue their personal goal of like improving on this armor in this situation, there's plenty of scrap metal around and they can tinker all they like there's a more immediate concern of getting off of this system for the safety of others. Side note, there's another concern that Scriff has that someday soon, Scriff might have to actually kill somebody because uh. as of yet, Scriff has not had to kill anyone. 5e has done most of that and, and pawns as well. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll note, and I went back and researched this because I was, I, I was pretty sure that this was the case, but Scriff has not killed anyone yet in all of our episodes. Wow. That's pretty impressive. That's an impressive feat. His hands are yeah. still clean. Um, <laughs> and so he's, it, like, with, with all the danger that we've encountered thus far, there's a growing concern of, am I up to it? Am I capable of taking the life of another being, even in self-defense? Because this is a new path for them. You know, they were never an adventurer before. They were an inventor. They worked in a corporate office for a long time. You know, they lived a relatively dull life. So the thought looms in the back of their head that things are getting really serious now. And it might come to the point where they actually have to put someone down. Man, that's a, a lot to put on Scriff's shoulders. That's kind of chilling. I never noticed that before now. Yep. It's very, Scriff has shot at people, but hasn't had to actually kill someone. It, like it, People have been wounded from self-defense, but no one has died by his direct hand. <laughs> immediately had to think back to like the first real big fight we had yep. with the uh, Gurgatal when you were trying to fight one-on-one with this other guy 5B was just running around bludgeoning people to death <laughs> and you were still sick and that guy was just uh-huh. horrible so you're just popping over the car like <laughs> pew 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 
It's back and forth. Yeah. Cover fire. You've defended yourself, but yeah, never had to kill anyone. That is that is a lot. Man, if only this situation and the whole thing with the Stella Delar had happened right before you got tangled up with the guy who's threatening the family situation, you'd be in heaven right now because you just have all sorts of junk. And like you said, you could work on whatever you want. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. That leaves you, Pawns. What's going through that big brain of yours? Okay, so immediate first thought is one that I had previously. Pons is wondering if there's a creature that big here and we saw previous things move, are there more that we're about to run into? And how good of an idea is that really to be following this person <laughs> into sea monsters? Um, so that being said, it kind of pulls Pons's brain into a few of the more rare things that he's encountered recently and how that might help him with one of his uh, goals, I suppose, right now. Because this stone has much more interest to him than just the power. Uh, if it has any sort of mental healing and or just um, cognitive improvement capabilities, that would be interesting for him uh, to take back home and possibly use for his, uh, I can't say his clone, his original, Nerian, to see what that might do. Um, knowing that it would break means that probably we'd have to research more. But then also what is that other creature that came down uh, if it had some sort of other telepathic abilities? He, he can't think of many other creatures that he's ex uh, encountered before other than other versions of himself that have that. <laughs> so kind of interesting there. Uh, and then also the troll as we ran into earlier, that also has some uh, uh, regenerative properties that he is interested in. Although we left him back at the clan, right? We were we were going to keep an eye out for his significant other, but I think it's mm -hmm. fairly unlikely that she's under the sea. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that's that's kind of where where his brain is. As he's thinking, I'm getting close to something uh, like a breakthrough as far as materials or. Uh, findings that I, that would be helpful and mm. just kind of awaiting to to see if i can't recover that arm and see if it has any uh helpful properties as well that was interesting it was kind of all sides of the spectrum on here like mm -hmm. on one side five e's got it set in his mind that he can't actively do anything for his own personal goals so he's going to be very focused on what's happening you got Scriff in the middle where he's trying to like balance between everything that's going on and everything that's happening in his life. And then Pawns, whose mind is on, I gotta figure out a way to help my originator. I gotta find something here. While I'm stuck here, I might as well look. So it's interesting that you guys are such a spectrum of that. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'll just ponder that over and figure out how I can use that to my advantage so that I can <laughs> no I'm going to stick with that All right. <laughs> you're not allowed to ponder that's Pons's job yes that's my <laughs> unless he pulls out um, a Pons Pons ring dear. right now <laughs> I'm not ready for that I've got the jingle ready <laughs> we got a jingle the, the artwork should be Pons with like big like librarian glasses and a fountain pen oh, I love it yes <laughs> 
Hmm. <laughs> have to have to look into that perhaps. Because <laughs> I want to see some art for these characters. I love them too much. Mm-hmm. Not too much to kill them, but I do love them quite a bit. <laughs> Draw me like one of your French robots. <laughs> so you guys have all this time to think. For the most part, it's pretty quiet because, again, the Solaron is being rather cautious. The only time of note is when you happen to see this giant creature coming right at the submarine. They, they smash full on into the glass like this whirling, flailing dervish of death until oh. they slide slowly off because it was actually just really small and smacked into the window. <laughs> it's all the anchovies like it's just literally like this massive ball of anchovies they're just gonna slap 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 it's tiny the void of the deep Five. messes with one's perceptions <laughs> yeah, you, you guys have all have mad. dark vision you've got some lights but things can still just come out of nowhere so uh, <laughs> yeah dark vision doesn't protect against like fog and actual Ducks. just soupy thick water yeah, exactly. imagine all the particulates that are down here. It's just like filter feeders that just drift through clouds of this stuff. Especially with protein. that ring just like constantly pushing out water. Uh-huh. Like the the water here has to be super riled up and, and mm. mixed with sediment. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I mean, as this person is taking us uh, closer to the creature, is there any sort of current that is going to be in our way again, or we're going to have to ride? Interesting question. So as you move closer to this, wherever this beast is, there are currents, but none of them so powerful as to, say, knock you off course on your way there. When your guide finally, after like seven hours, comes to a stop, it's at the foot of this large underwater mountain. In the dark, it looks like any other rock formation until all at once, at least a hundred different expulsions of water jets from these porous gaps in the craggy surface. The surrounding waters are just thrown into this torment. And in fact, it's enough that it actually spins your submarine around a little bit and your guide dives down to get out of the way of this blast of like rocks and all sorts of different debris that pelt the submarine. Fun fact, an underwater mountain is called a seamount. <laughs> okay. That sounds, sounds like, like something you could ride though. Yes. This is my seamount. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Pioneers too. used to ride these babies for miles. <laughs> Can we make the Isateria mount? Yes, Is that... that's the SpongeBob reference I wanted. <laughs> uh, as we're going along this uh, underwater journey, I want to ask our Oleron Elder Guide. Mm-hmm. By the way, we never got your name. Yeah, so you guys... You get control of your submarine and pull down to where they're at. And in response, they look at you kind of quizzically. They don't seem to quite understand. We are the Oleron, and we are only known as such. You do not have a do you not have a way to identify yourself as an individual? My people are the Isoki, but I am Skrif. Our people can sense the others and understand. 
which of us we are. Uh. Judging by what they're saying, they don't seem to have like this individuality mindset. They're very like, we're just kind of all part of one, but we can kind of feel the difference between each of those parts. You if know, I wanted to mail you so. a letter, exactly. who would I address it to? What is mail? You don't have chain mail. Uh, it's it's uh, when you when. Never mind. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have got a bunch of different ways there. <laughs> uh, I had to restrain myself. Yeah, is there is there any distinguishing features of this guy? Like colors? How big more, is his more spikes? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how I said there's a tail that comes off the torso. <laughs> Does he look like a seahorse? <laughs> like, oh. Uh, no, they again, they kind of are mentally able to at least kind of feel out another person, so they don't really have that kind of thing, but as far as coloring goes, yeah, they have streaks of purple that run along their spines and all around them. And you've also seen basically all colors of the rainbow on the other Oleron that you passed by. Hmm. So they're kind of annoyingly similar looking. It's going to be hard. I wanted to give them a nickname, but not going to be a lot of options here. Uh. Well, I'm just going to have to leave you to think on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll think about it. Something a good, a good nickname for a lionfish. That's, that's what we've got to figure out. Well, I will ask our escort, is there a clear breach point in the fissure? Where do we need to go to gain access? They look over at you. Some have tried to wait until these streams of water desist and then rush in. Uh, you, did you hear from a third party or from a person who actually tried that? The knowledge of what actually happened was lost, oh. regrettably. But... <laughs> Those who were there bore witness. Hmm. So onlookers, basically. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we're saying <laughs> is this is a bad idea. Okay. He is recounting a memetic memory, if I'm not mistaken. It would therefore be unreliable. Do we have any countermeasures to these geysers? Like, weapons or, or anything? Yeah, why don't you guys go ahead, give me some perception rolls. Yeah. 30. <laughs> 11. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I, I still am not. I'm not used to people just dropping thirties on me yet. <laughs> Level four, thirty, please. And it's like okay. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> what happened? Just wait until we hit like level ten when we can feasibly hit like forty. No, what you can. I'm gonna have to start nice. raising DCs real fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what do I see? Okay. What you're getting, particularly you pawns, you're paying attention, is that it seems like there's this huge jet that comes from all of these pores at once, right? It goes for a few seconds and then drops off. And it seems like it stops going for about a minute, mm -hmm. but it's pretty consistent, almost rhythmic. It's the breathing. It, they, and they're going straight up. Yeah, it's definitely breathing. Popsicle. <laughs> it's breathing. You're going to have uh, to do a little more than that one. <laughs> is, are they all going straight up? Or are some of them angled? Out of the mountain, uh, quote unquote mountain, mm -hmm. most of them are shooting straight up, but there are a few that are cocked off to the side and they're jetting in a couple different directions. Can we reinforce the hull of... The, our ship and then use one of them to project like 
launch ourselves further down. Or we get a whole bunch of plastic and cloth and we just like clog the holes. Yeah. <laughs> I, wait, maybe that would make it upset. You'll have to get a lot because just in this spot, you guys saw like hundreds of holes. <laughs> we just find the network of water pipes underground and we yank on them hard enough to cause a chain reaction that mm -hmm. will spit the us in, through the geysers into the, yeah. You guys need to find the video game crank in which you turn it and it just flips it around so it sucks things in instead of shooting things out. Problem <laughs> Perfect. You plug all the holes and then it'll get the suds and give a mountain a cold. <laughs> that could be the title of this episode. Give him the suds. <laughs> Trying to give me more SpongeBob references. Sorry. That's where I'm stuck on right now. Okay, uh, uh, one other thing you're noticing besides these things shooting out debris and going about every minute is that the holes themselves are not massive. You probably couldn't even fit the submarine into it. Okay. There's just a lot of them. This is looking a lot like we're going to need to, like, wait for the stream to stop and then put ourselves on a piece of debris and yeet into this yes. thing. That's what I'm hoping like, for. <laughs> All right, so what we need to look for, I think, are some flat coral discs that we can lay mm -hmm. across. Trash can lids, anything like that. <laughs> Tell me what you guys do. <laughs> I That's as good an idea as I can come up with, so I'll roll a survival check to find, um, find large pieces of flattened coral that we could use. Are we at a sufficient depth to exit the submarine? With life bubble, you are safe. Yeah, and how long is that life bubble going to last, by the way? Oh, because they can cast it. last for multiple days. Sweet. It lasts one nice. day per caster level. Awesome sauce. That's uh, great. I I think at this point I should fashion some scuba gear to give everyone a swim speed. Okay. You got uh, helpful. some UPBs to fashion some stuff out of? At least Pawns needs a scuba suit, please, <laughs> yeah. so that they don't have to make athletics checks. Pawns right. needs one of those underwater turbines that just pulls yes. you through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mount it right on the back of my brain. Yeah, I think 5e <laughs> will probably be fine. He's got a good athletics. His is pretty good. And yours is middle? Mediocre. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, then, um, yeah, see what you can do to fashion those. And I will try to find something we can use to yeet ourselves up one of these geysers. Um, I got a 27 on my survival check to scavenge suitable pieces of coral. Wow. Okay. While you're looking around in the water, first off, you're finding just all sorts of weird things. There's like crushed rocks and stuff that you wouldn't necessarily all find in the right, like in the same place. After a while, you do manage to pick up some pieces, and you're looking for essentially a, like a sled-sized piece of coral, if I'm understanding your idea right. Yeah, straight up sleds. But after a while, you do find one piece that looks big enough of coral. Then you find like this fairly smooth-looking rock. It's like okay, that's pretty close. You know, you find stuff that's it might work. Yeah, all right. Depends on how you do it. Drag those back and see how it's going with Scriff. He's making some goggles under the water. Uh, I have no idea how you work with UPVs. <laughs> They're just grains of rice. Like, how do you do that in a submarine? I don't know, but Scriff is magic. I take out <laughs> my magic. my sonic screwdriver and I just start, like, 
spinning them like I spin the UPBs like cotton candy, and then they like they form a big cotton ball, and then I shape it into the shape of scuba gear, and then it hardens <laughs> and it becomes scuba gear. Wait, you I, have a sonic screwdriver? Are you Doctor Who? It's it's my mechanics toolkit. <laughs> That's actually in there. Yeah, I've got all wow. the tools. Have like a ninja blender as well. You've got yes. all the tools from popular sci-fi properties. You pull out this handle that looks like it's got a button in it. Just, oh, nope, nope. Put that back in. Nope. Lights. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to life bubble. And then we're going to, I think, Richard, your ideas bounce off of the geysers. Yeah, we pretty much need to wait for a point where one of the geysers is weakened since it's... um seems like the flows are coming and going and then get ourselves in the middle of one and just ride it through okay so my my only concern with actually pulling that off is won't it jet us into another geyser potentially you're not sure what exactly is going on in there and just to make sure it's clear it jets out and then it slows down so you're gonna have to figure out a way to do propulsion downwards because it doesn't have anything that pulls it in Okay, and we're in a, this is gonna be like a cave. Is it a cave? Yes. Very possible. So about the time that Scriff finishes working on the scuba diving gear is about when Five E comes back, just walking along the sea floor carrying these things under his arms. Okay, and for the people at home, Johnny, why don't you go ahead and tell them what a scuba gear will do for you? Um. Okay. Uh. So this ensemble. Includes a wetsuit, fins for your feet, a transparent mask, a snorkel, and an integrated tank of compressed air. As long as you're not encumbered, while wearing scuba gear, you can move at your full land speed through water and similar fluids with a successful athletic... Oh, it still requires an athletics check to swim. <laughs> that's <laughs> less helpful. Uh, actually, that's pretty useless for pawns because pawns' land speed is trash. Um... In addition, the air tank allows you to breathe for up to one hour while submerged. Okay. What, so, Hans doesn't really need one then because his land speed is like five. <laughs> it is? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Flying as you fly um, everywhere. Yeah. Can, yeah. can you actually make him one of those little movie turbines that goes. Yeah, for that can matter, I, could you make a better version that we could use as a propulsion system for a coral sled? Yeah, could I? Could I? <gasps> that would be cool. Can I make a custom That's one for pawns that that doesn't use his land speed? <laughs> hmm. Knowing knowing his physiology. Okay, why don't you go ahead and give me an engineering role as you do that, and we'll see if you can't come up with something. Can't do some big brain. Okay. That's a natural 20, 35. <laughs> oh! Correct! <laughs> wow, okay, fine. <laughs> so, yes. All right. <laughs> I put him in a torpedo, and like it has a little propeller, and it just it just propels him along. Yes. Yeah, here's, here's what I'll do, All because right. you just dropped the nat 20 on me. You just made this scuba gear. So what we'll do is, yeah, we'll put a little motor on it like to help him move through the water. And I'll let you move at whatever is your max speed. I think your flight speed. That's 30. Or, wait, that's really fast. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what I get, too. 
Underwater? Wow. Went with the scuba gear, yeah. Dang. Okay. Oh, this is gonna look amazing. Blasted nat twenties. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, Only out of helpful. combat well can done. I do that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Only time it works in combat is when you're at a computer. After that, just don't try to jump oh. over any giant ravines. Or fight giant vests. Or fight giant vests. Fair. You guys have got some scuba gear. Jeff, did you make enough for everyone? Just pawns, you and pawns? Uh, like For myself and for pawns, but not okay. for NR5V. I figured your athletics is high enough. I should be okay. All right. So now go ahead and tell me exactly what you're going to do here. Well, we've got three disc-shaped formations of rock or coral or what have you. We could use... What's what's the duct tape equivalent? Uh, ion tape. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> I'm sure that you've got a roll of ion tape. So we just basically ion tape ourselves to these things. <laughs> and we float into the Jeff visor. Jeff is making a very most definitely face. I have UPBs. <laughs> <laughs> and does it become ion tape? <laughs> I can turn. I can make some ion tape. Does anyone I mean, have some rope? Look. <laughs> Unless you've um, got a better maybe. idea than duct taping ourselves <laughs> to a shell. <laughs> Which I feel like you should, being an engineer. <laughs> I just find it funny that robots, like, I brought things to tape us <laughs> to. Okay, so, like, okay. Um, yeah, I, I can craft it with UPBs. I can make some ion tape. But we also need a, uh, a zip stick, which is another 10 what? UPBs. What is a zip stick? That's you touch the tape and it runs electricity through it and it, poof, it shocks into it, place. It's a it's a electrical pulse that does one electrical damage to cause the ion tape to change form and become rigid. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So I craft some ion tape and a uh, zip stick. Okay. Does anyone have any ideas for a potential propulsion system for these things? Because I, I can't think of anything other than using firearms to try to <laughs> blast ourselves out of the stream. And I don't know how effective that's going to be for a number of reasons. Um, we could do some sort of like compressed air leak if we have enough of it to like create a stream well, behind You do us. now on your scuba gear have an air tank that you're mm -hmm. not necessarily going to use because... You, you have life bubble. Yeah, life bubble will keep us breathing. If we needed to, we could try to jury rig those into something to. If you just have like a valve uh, with some sort of air release, you could push yourself. I don't know how far along. You guys are um, going to Wally this thing? Yeah. Man. Basically, we could. The Ghostbusters can pilot the Statue of Liberty with an NES control. I think <laughs> we got this. <laughs> <laughs> How many air tanks do we have? Two? We have two, and then we also have the environmental protections from our suits. Oh, okay. by the way, you can't wear your armor while using the scuba gear. Oh, no. So you have okay. to change out of it, carry it with you, and then change back into it when we get to the other side. Well, I believe that puts my AC at 11. Oof. Cool. Yeah, mine's so you're in the either. middle. Let me see if I got all of this right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> break it down for us, Adam. <laughs> Let's break it down real quick. Yeah. You guys have collected like large pieces of coral, rock, mm -hmm. maybe a turtle shell looking thing. Mm -hmm. You're going to duct tape yourself to it. Mm -hmm. You're also going to duct tape some air canisters onto this. 
and then you're uh-huh. going to launch yourself down into these tunnels yes in between the bursts of water uh-huh do i have it right okay <laughs> yeah yeah that is a masterful summation of our horrible plan <laughs> i kind of love it though um do we have a good sense of how long it is, like intervals between bursts? Got about a minute. A minute. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, an, as an extra precaution, I think we should all, uh, like, be tied to a rope together, and whoever's in the lead has the ion tape and the zip stick. And when a minute passes, tape yourself to the wall and zip stick it. <laughs> that's a super cool idea actually in case like in that. case we don't make it all the way through in one minute mm-hmm. all right i'm so excited i'll i'll <laughs> volunteer for that duty i'll gwen stacy us <laughs> how much ion tape do i need to deduct for this escapade you're duct taping three people and some air canisters onto these things. I think you're going to need the whole thing. Okay, so this this is so far one of my favorite things that Starfinder somewhat allows you to do. Just throwing it out there. Because if this was d and I'd be like, what are you guys thinking? Does anyone have... still thinking that? This is maybe does anyone Does anyone have rope? Yeah. I'm being I extremely don't. optimistic. I'll have you know. I do not uh, have rope. Rope. The most standard of any adventurer's kit. Does anyone have it? Nope. Mm, no. I do not. I still um, have 68 UPBs. I think rope would be better for tying between each other, because I think we only need tape for the taping to the wall. Yeah. yeah. Because ion tape is expensive compared to rope. Okay. That makes sense to me. I think you yeah. could get away with that if okay. this works at all. It could be just mm-hmm. a horrible idea. And yeah. So one of y'all has some rope, though? I'm going to deduct one UPB to craft rope. Gotcha. Oh. Okay. I was going to say otherwise, I'll make another survival check and start weaving kelp, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) The whole time, your Oleron guide has just been, like, staring and watching Scriff do essentially magic inside. Oh, wait. I can actually... uh, Is rope... Rope's not a technological item. I was gonna say <laughs> I could try. I could use my mechanic trick to make rope, but no. Oh, so close. So close. You need robo rope. Yeah, if it were cyber rope. Oh, that's a good point. There, no, there's cable. Mm-hmm. There's cable. <laughs> yes, there is cable. I want to see how much cable costs. <gasps> I it's love it when we get to look at the yes. rule book again. It's my favorite. Our super advanced <laughs> rope. It's called cable. <laughs> it, no cable is stronger too this will be an even better solution uh so so i take the the shotgun microphone and you don't know what i do with it but i rearrange <laughs> it in some hideous way and cause it to just become a long line of cable All and right. then i tie it around <laughs> us that lasts for x amount of time uh it's like it's like uh, when when Cinderella's carriage turns back into a pumpkin. Um, <laughs> it's it, gonna turn back into a it, boom mic. It lasts for forty minutes, and then it just poof turns back. Into I kind of I like grab my boombox on my head and kind of shiver for a second. Uh huh. It's like booyah. <laughs> yeah, no, the Oleron is like blown away by what's happening inside the submarine. <laughs> 
they're gonna remember this for generations quite literally i loved this is the coolest tech trick like mechanic trick out of that's all of them awesome that's it awesome just make a thing into another thing it's, it's like so cheesy spy movie that I, I just love it. <laughs> it 100% I, I have is. made MacGyver. Yeah, you yeah. 100% are fuzzy MacGyver. All right, boys, are you ready to do this? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm ready. I'm so ready. So you guys get into the water, start duct taping yourself down. So you guys get the air tanks duct taped on. You guys get yourselves duct taped on. You don't want to use the air yet, so you're just kind of like awkwardly paddling yourself over to get closer mm -hmm. to one of these jet streams. The Oleron like gives a little wave, imitating what Pons did when uh, <laughs> right. yes. he first saw you. I'll turn back to the Oleron and, and, and say, uh, this one appreciates your sacrifice. You serve your people honorably. You see their glowing color turns like this bright pink. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so you guys inch your way right up to one of these fissures. Mm -hmm. And you are all tied together in one line, correct? Yup. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yup. Okay. What's, what's that, uh, is it cliffhanger? The... <laughs> They're all tied together, and then the piton breaks. That's oh, what this uh, is, except underwater. F that. I've, I've never watched all of that movie. I'm terrified of heights. Oh, I'm gotcha. Gonna... Well, fortunately, yeah. you're underwater. That's good, yeah. So here, it's it's easy for me to, to be 5e, looking back at the others chained to me, taking cool robot pose on top of my coral sled and going, Now we wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, because this is a weird situation, I'm going to have all kinds of roles happening right now. You are in the front 5e, so you're going to be giving me a piloting check. Yay! Oh, interesting. And then we have some other air canisters we need to use, so I'm going to have the other people give me engineering checks. Oh. Hooray! <laughs> well, our piloting is a 21. Engineering okay. is also a 21. Oh, wow. Okay, 19. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I rolled really well. So you guys get up right to the edge. You duck your head down as this water just boof, blasts out for several seconds, just rushing by you and almost blowing you back. But the second that thing dies down, 5e, you hit that air tank and you just gun it straight down <laughs> this hole. Like the other people are waiting like this roller coaster to Oh. And you just fly straight down this hole. Everyone put your hands in the air. <laughs> <laughs> you put your hands in the air, and then you look and notice they're, they're gone because they've just been torn off by the rocks. No, <laughs> <laughs> I needed those. <laughs> the mental image of this—you guys are like extreme boogie boarding right now. Yes, <laughs> I'm here for it. It's so cool. <laughs> So you're just woof, woof, water just blowing by you. Thank goodness you're taped onto these things or otherwise you're just ripped off. You go for a solid 20 seconds before you come out into this massive chamber. You can see that along the ceiling, all of the other of these tunnels connect to this one big room. 
in the center of the floor, there's this massive well that leads further down into a rather large tunnel. As you guys are moving forward towards this thing, walls from both sides, boom, come in and slam together. And you see it crunches on debris that had been floating into that spot. They move back and from a different direction, boom, two more come and close together. Quick question, do you continue to jet forward at this time? Tape, tape, stop, tape. Yeah, um, I'll lash the wall with the ion tape and zip it so that we're not going anywhere near the compressing room. Um, does this look like living tissue? Are we in like an yeah. intestine or something? Yeah, or stomach. Or... Go ahead, give me a life science. What the Sure, heck? yeah, I will do that. That, like, that literally reminds it's me. a 24. Of like the 24. third session I ever ran. We were literally in a giant floating gooba fish. Like literally that was <laughs> what it was. And like sucked everyone into yeah. it. Yeah, and it was just like these walls that were moving. Cooper, like, oh. even now our minds are becoming one. <laughs> okay, oh, so no. you guys pull into this thing, see these gnashing walls, and just, you know, uh, 5e gives the hold signal, like everybody stop jetting. Pawns flies around a little bit and then comes to a stop eventually. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little spin. Mm -hmm. And you guys move over and attach yourselves up to the wall. And are you zipping that in place? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll just go ahead and shock it as soon as I've got it anchored. Okay, just think you guys suck into the wall. With that life science roll, you're noticing that this chamber seems to have multiple uses almost. You're seeing debris come up through this giant tunnel, and as it gets to the entrance, these gnashers come out and smash it into debris that it looks like can be blown out of these small holes. It's like a nose. It seems like you may be in some kind of intestine. Yeah, it may be in some kind of breathing mechanism. But but we're definitely in, in inside a vast organic being. Yes, you are inside this large beast. And it's still like even in here, these gnashing walls have like a rock-like texture to them. So almost wow. like living rock. Does it seem logical from that that if we swim downward toward that large tunnel below us, we'd be going more into the core of the creature? Because it seems like this is almost like cilia and the lungs that are catching debris and expelling it back out. Yeah, it seems like if you head down that way, you would be correct. All right. It's, it's like of the nose. I think we teeth. need to go down. Okay. Scriff closes his eyes. <laughs> Holds Poor on. Buddy. Okay, are you guys just going to jet through and hope for the best? Um, I think we I think we need to wait for the geyser to slow down, and then at that point we can use the propulsion system to push us down into that uh, chasm. We we could probably experiment a little bit if you guys wanted to. Okay, so to get this full picture right, we're in the middle of the chamber. You guys imagine it like a dome. You guys have just come through the roof of the dome, and now you've duct taped yourself against the wall. If you're in a dome and you look straight down, there's a big hole right there, and there's giant walls that are gnashing together from different directions. Oh, geez. Okay. It's wonderful. Is there material floating in this cavern, and that's what's getting sucked into this hole and then chewed up? They are coming up towards you. So it's being pushed up towards you as it's, the debris is coming through. Boom, 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 smash. And then once it's up there, you can guess that every minute or so, boom, yeah, big. it's going it's going like out through the holes that we just came from. Correct. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're, I understand. We're fully. going in the out tunnel. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't have any other ideas then. We just gotta burst through the the crushing spot. Roll well or die. All right. We gotta we gotta go through the crushing spot when it's the calmest. All right. Um. Cool. Well, then, yeah, we've got to time it to get through the crushinator. Um. If Pons, if you want to try to experiment with it and see if you can find a way to set it off prematurely, you know, yeah. giving us time to buck through, Maybe. be my guest, I guess. It's better for us you to control have some it. Pepper? <laughs> Any other stuff to make it sneeze? Not really on me. spicy chili. Uh, you know, no. as much as I love hot sauce, robots don't have any need for that. I, I don't. I don't have anything on hand that, that makes I can, me sad. That I can imagine would help us in this scenario. I could put some bone cigarettes down it. Maybe it needs a smoke. But, uh, <laughs> let's just... Underwater smoke. <laughs> Keep Little those bubbles. ideas coming. No, let's 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 just wait for it and go for it. Roll well. Couple things are gonna happen. First, why don't you guys go ahead and give me just a perception roll while you're here, since you gotta wait half a minute or so before anything can happen. Twenty-seven. I kid you not, it's another thirty. All right, Jeff, blow me out of the water. What you got? Ten. Oh, okay, it's <laughs> fine. See, good spreads. I like this. Second thing I'm gonna need is I'm gonna need a fortitude save. As you oh. guys wait for this expulsion to happen, debris is going to be flying basically your direction and is going to smash into you. So I'm going to need some saves. What if I don't want to? <sighs> oh, oh, no. Does, does this count as uh, withstanding the harmful effects of a thick <laughs> atmosphere? <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> well... 5e is continuing his winning streak here with a natural 20 for 20. Oh natural my 20. gosh. No way. Also natural 20. What? Three for three, baby. Two plus one. Two, two plus one. one. <laughs> three. So yeah. we got two passes and so, a fail. But not a botch. No, it wasn't a natural one. Excellent. Okay. okay, cool. You can feel it coming as the water moves in for a second as you see from inside that cave down there this burst of stuff is just pushing water forward and it floods this chamber with this rushing water and it smashes you guys back against the wall you're getting pelted by rocks 5e thing bing 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 things are just bouncing off of your armor and your hard shell scriff pulled yourself down and hid behind your little uh sled just using that for protection Pons' brain is too big, so it's just poof, 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 bouncing oh. off him. Pons, you're going to take nine bludgeoning. Everyone else, you're going to take four. Question. Are these... Is this considered a ranged attack? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> the projectiles. <laughs> projectiles sneezing. Okay. Pelts the walls as it then... All the debris shoots past and flies out of the chamber... Your cheeks are like being pulled back for a minute. And then with those amazing perception rolls that were thrown out there, Pawns 5e, you both see a couple things. First is these gnashing walls are not perfectly flat by any means. There's crags and dips inside of them. So you actually see a couple spots that maybe you could fit into without immediately dying. Oh, right. I played this level of Super Mario World. <laughs> yeah. 
I'd like to make a piloting check to get us into one of the uh, crevices that Pawn spotted so that we've got a safe spot until it passes again. Don't say crevice, please. Fishers? <laughs> I don't know, know what's a better word. Better. <laughs> please give me that check, please. All right. Nook. <laughs> <laughs> Cranny, if you will. <laughs> sure. That's a 21 piloting check. 21 piloting. Is everyone else using the air cans again? I mean, if if we're all tied together, I imagine I don't have much of a choice. <laughs> okay. Engineering checks from you two. From me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Piloting check to engineering check. That's what's Another happening with this crazy Another natural 20 for 35. Are you kidding me? Yes. Get wrecked. Yes. <laughs> On fire today. 15. Not bad. Okay, yeah, that's not a travesty. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten three natural twenties today you have. out of like five rolls. The most. Oh, probably thank had goodness in you guys aren't in combat. You'd just be <sighs> annihilating my boys. You guys hit the zip stick. Boom! Come up off of the wall immediately. Five E guns it. Everyone else hits the air tanks, pushing everyone along in this crazy underwater conga line. And you guys fly and you wait until you see the walls. Boom, it slams together, it shoves you guys, and then poof, you're kind of sandwiched in the middle, but you're right in this crack. And, poof, and then poof, pulls apart again. Boom, you gun it again. Poof, take off down this thing. And just as you get past these gnashers, boom, they close right up behind you. Scriff has to pull his tail in. And then you guys are in this tunnel, but it's not over yet because this is where large chunks of debris are coming from you. So I'm going to need one more piloting check. I won't make you do engineering checks again, but this is another thing coming at you because there's large rocks and all sorts of debris just moving down this tunnel at you. You got to avoid it. 5e yanks on the ion tape straps and tries to maneuver the sleds around the incoming debris with yet another 21. Man, you guys are nailing it today. Okay. You're swooping in and out. Giant rocks. You're just barely skimming by. Coral was not meant to be aerodynamic, but you're making it work somehow. You guys head down this for a while, and you have to basically be on point every second of the way to be able to dodge these things, but you're managing it. This is where 5e, processing exactly what happens in front of him, comes into play. So you swoop around these things. At one point, the tunnel continues down, but there's also an offshoot that heads off to the left. As you're getting there, you can see it kind of curves up. And go ahead and give me a perception roll real quick. 24. 23. 14. Hans, you and Scriff notice that down the tunnel, it seems like there is a surface, like maybe there's an air pocket or something in that direction. 5E, hang on left. Affirmative. You turn, just get into that tunnel as a giant boulder rolls by the tunnel. You guys pull up and you surface and you find that... As everything settles down a little bit, you catch your breath because you've all been holding except for 5e because that wouldn't make sense. You notice that you are now in a small cove. Stalactites hang from the ceiling, quietly dripping water. Slowly, with a low grinding noise, you see on the far wall, the walls shift and the small jagged tunnel opens. And after a short while, it closes up again 
And this is this strange place of quiet compared to what you guys had just gone through. I'll um, latch us onto a surface with some more ion tape, give it a quick jolt just so we can kind of anchor and get our bearings for a minute and see where we need to go next. But as we bring the sled to a stop, I'm going to look behind them and go, ha, 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 ha. The practical <laughs> applications of hydrodynamic physics are exhilarating to me. <laughs> the most animated 5e has ever been <laughs> okay well, rush i looked down the uh the tunnel mm -hmm. is it still opening and closing every 20 or so seconds it closes is, is, it opens what, what's it beyond it curves down a little bit so you can't quite see what's happening through it what do you think is down there it feels like this is a place you would find that secret treasure chest that would have like I think so as well. I think yeah. this is like a, an Easter egg or a uh, an extra <laughs> bit of character? loot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try the Konami code. That always seems to work. <laughs> yes. You guys have attached your boogie boards to the lip of this dry spot. Are you going to climb up out of the water? Are you just going to take a breath here? What's your plan? I want to uh, I want to look down that tunnel. I, yeah. It's piqued my curiosity. Yeah, and if we're back into a, a gaseous atmosphere again, then we probably do want to check and see what's going on here. Okay, as you guys climb out of the water, go ahead, give me another perception check. 13. Perception 22. Uh, 30 okay. for the third time. <laughs> Pond, you're killing me. 19. Wow. Okay, so are you guys detaching yourself from boogie boards, or are you guys going to just boogie board with you at all times? I think let's leave the scuba stuff right next to the water. Now, you know, since we don't need it at this moment. Point of order, we don't know, though. What if the internal barometrics are always changing here? And, like, what is dry now could be wet a few minutes from now, depending on what sort of organic process is going on inside this creature. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'd rather be wearing my armor at this moment than can, the scuba gear. We could glue the scuba gear down, too. Like with the, I mean, with I'll carry the scuba gear, but I feel like I should oh, yeah. be wearing my armor at this moment since I have the opportunity. So you guys are going to leave the boogie boards duct taped to the shore, put down your swimming gear and put your armor back on so you're ready for anything. Is this correct? Yeah, that's what I'd like to do. Yeah, we may as well. Okay. I didn't. I don't have gear, scuba gear on, actually, So, but I'll probably leave the board here. I imagine okay. that that would be too much bulk to carry. It'd be real awkward, to be sure. But they're zip-sticked in place, so it'd take a okay. lot to pull those off. We at least get back here and get them, and, you know, even if we have to swim it. Sure. Okay, with that perception roll, as you guys start climbing out of the water, you look around at the walls and the stalactites, and you start picking up strange shapes within them. You walk closer and you begin to make out the shapes of bones in the wall and large shells, skeletons. And some things seem to be more absorbed into the walls than others. Some bones are still on the surface. Some are just almost completely inside of this thing. Fascinating. I wonder if these remains were compressed here by water pressure or if this is some sort of ongoing digestive process. Doesn't seem like there's any activity in this cavern at the moment. How did it all get here? I can't really make out what material the stalactites are made out of from here, can I? Uh, you give me a life science check. 
I just want to make sure it's still organic. I mean, I assume it is. Uh, just a 12. It seems to be very, very similar to what you had seen before, so it still seems all part of this creature. Yeah, it just looks to you like these bones have just been kind of slowly sinking into the wall. Hmm, okay. Okay, is there anything... Uh, I guess I can go inspect the bones. Um, get up closer Look to them, the see bones. if... Look at the bones! Look at the bones! The bones, I tell you. See if it's uh, digesting any material that they were wearing, or if anything's left over. Sure. Let's go loot the bodies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you go to the bodies, and you're only seeing just, like, tatters of things. If there was gear on them, it's either disintegrated over time, or it's also been absorbed into this thing. Hmm. That's weird. Okay. Is there any other tunnels or, or places to go from here? There's the one tunnel that is opening when a part of the wall shifts and moves. Okay, they're okay. still there. Does it look like it's fairly easy to time getting through that? Like it, it shouldn't be as tricky as the last one we went through? Oh, absolutely. This one's slowly opening and closing. I go through. Yep, same. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But once we, get on the, once we get on the other side of that obstruction and check out the immediate area, if there's nothing of note, then 5e is going to suggest that he scout ahead and come back. So uh, Scriff goes first, 5e goes second, Pawns comes last. Mm -hmm. Alright, you wait until the tunnel opens and then quickly move through. You burst into this chamber. It's fairly small, not too much bigger than the one you just came from. It's a round room, no bigger than maybe 40 feet from wall to wall with like a 10-foot ceiling. And there's a glow in the center of the room. And it burns oh, with chest. this subdued yes. green color. Surrounding the glow is what appears at first to be this weird art piece, statues throwing harsh shadows across the room. It becomes quickly apparent that they aren't statues, but humanoids that have been frozen in place with this horrible rictus scream on their face, encased in a stone material, and they have these stalactites beginning to form from their outstretched limbs. One of these statues they're on their knees in front of this glow with one hand outstretched towards it. Other hand is on their gut. A female also looks human, maybe, is reeling back from what looks like they're hit by a blast or something. One who is clearly a Lashunta male is in a position of running towards the exit. And in the process, they're falling forward and there's frozen right above the ground before they smashed into it. And... You take particular note, Scriff, of two clearly Yusoki bodies. One is looking down at their hands, and they're slumped over to the side, and the other has placed their forehead against the first Yusoki, and they appear to be the only one who doesn't have this screaming open mouth. However, you can tell as you look that tears have solidified on their cheeks. What is the... Th they're, they're all, like, reaching for something? One is in the middle reaching. The others are kind of surrounding it. What are they reaching for? Do you move closer? Is, no. They're not what's glowing <laughs> what green, are they? I want to know what they're reaching for <laughs> first. Is, is there something glowing green? Yeah, and there's something okay. glowing strongly green in the center. Who has Ooh. the radiation badge? Looks shiny. I do. Are you getting any readings? Things silent. Okay. Doesn't appear to be radioactive, but those petrified forms are a harbinger if ever I saw one. Go ahead and give me perception again. 
Can I use detect magic? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I see it's a level zero spell, so I can just do that. Uh, 12. 20. 12. 20. Perception pawns. Uh, just another 30. Don't oh, worry God. about it. <laughs> nah, it was only a 13. Very low. <laughs> oh, wow. Only a 13, huh? Mm -hmm. As you're trying to look around these statues that are all kind of circling this one spot, the green glow in the middle, it appears to be coming off of some kind of stone, maybe. It's pulsating this boom light out. And the one person that had their back to you as you kind of move around a little bit was a Kasatha. You can tell because the, the elongated dome and the four arms that are sticking out, they're kind of reaching towards the person in the middle with hands splayed out as if trying to stop them. With a 20, from where you're at, you can just barely make out something that's on their armor. They're essentially encased in stone, but it's almost opaque in places. And you can see a badge that says Silan Royal Guard. This is from the other city here on the planet. The Silan was seeking whatever knowledge is encased inside this creature. It would seem that they did not succeed in seeking it out. But there are others like us among their civilization. That is interesting to note. Does Detect Magic give me any sort of reading? Yeah. So Detect Magic is... You're getting it from everywhere in here. Like, definitely from that thing in the center, but you're feeling it off the walls, you're feeling it off these statues, you're feeling it everywhere. We're in a giant wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Can I specifically check for traps? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, natural one. You're looking around, sizing it up. Oh, Feels seems pretty safe. good in here. Feels real safe. Real safe. No danger here. I'm going to go touch that thing. I'll, I'll go touch it. Of oh. course you will. Pons, Pons, <laughs> use, use your magic grabby powers. Yeah. Oh, yes, I have that hand. Here we go. Um, Five I like, lift my hand and at the same time make a psychokinetic hand kind of float up from the ground. And I kind of walk towards it, reaching my hand towards it like I'm going to touch it with my actual hand. Okay, so you move a little closer, float a little in, use that psychokinetic hand. As it gets close, the hand fizzles away. Ow. Come back up. <laughs> Um, anti-magic field? I don't know what that is. That's not good. No, then I wouldn't see magic. I don't know what that is. All right. <laughs> this is stupid. Here we go. <clears throat> All right. Because I love ion tape so much. Uh -huh. <laughs> <Sticky> <laughs> Some shenanigans are about to happen, aren't they? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take five feet of ion tape, okay? Uh -huh. I'm going to just clump it up into a big ball and... and put it on the end of my rope and I'm going to try and lasso the thing <laughs> with the ion tape. Okay. Um, like like one of those quarter sticky hands. <laughs> sure. Uh, give me... I guess athletics would be throwing a rope with a thing on it. That sounds about right. Athletics. What if it like accidentally flings back towards us and let's go? A 25. Be... 25. Good throw. Pull back, fling this rope over, 
And as it gets to this stone, it just bounces off and sticks to the ground next to it. Bounces off the the stone? Right above the stone. Oh. Did it, did the sticky tape turn to stone? You can see that the bottom of it, where it bounced off and fell, it appears to be hard compared to the stickiness that's on top. Can I mysticism to identify what this thing is at this point? Can give it a try. Um, I'd also like to want to help. Yeah, sure. Make make your own roll. Yeah, make your own roll because we have a better chance that way. Okay. I think my bonus is a little bit bit higher. It's okay. 17. Nine. Pawns, you're looking at this thing and it, it does seem to have some sort of field or barrier or something along that line mm-hmm. and that anything moves into it is affected by the barrier you know your your magic hand didn't turn to stone but it's also not real so it's hard to say what happened exactly with that can i sense thoughts of it no you're not sensing any okay. active thoughts no i mean basically a giant stick i don't know what we got to see if it's movable but i don't want to push too hard on this if it's just going to kill us. I agree. As far as you can tell, that looks like a powerful stone, whatever it is. All right, let's... um. I want it. Let's send the projectile <laughs> out. I need it. it. But there ain't no way you're ever going to love it. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. Give me a projectile roll then, Pons. Yay. Is this object on to stand? Hit. Is it standing on something or is it floating? It's right on the ground in kind of a circular groove. But anything else in this room? There is, on the other side of the room, there's two different exits. It's one of those puzzles you have to walk past it to come back in. <laughs> Should probably try that here pretty soon. I hate soon. those puzzles. Yeah, me too. I want too, the but... thing now. <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to go through, you have to walk in backwards, do three spins, and that turns off the power. Oh, okay. That was a 22 to hit, Adam. So, pawns... You pick up a piece of stone, fling it over. It gets to the barrier and boom, binks off the thing in the center. Okay, so it seems to move straight through this barrier. However, as it binks off, you feel a shift in the room. And one of the statues, you hear a crack as their head turns and looks at you guys. And then all of the statues begin to slowly start to move. Everyone roll for initiative in the next chapter. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. Hey, everyone. Jeff here, a.k.a. Script Dovetail. Just letting you all know there's not going to be an episode releasing on December 25th. We're going to take some time off for the holidays, but we will see you again on January 8th will be the next episode that we release. In the meantime, you can check out our Twitch stream that we're doing with Hexgrid Heroes at twitch.tv slash hexgridheroes, which is every other Thursday. The next one is going to be Thursday, December 16th at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can also check it out on Spotify. The show is called Horizons Unknown. Hope you'll check it out. And I hope you have a happy holiday season. Take care. When life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. 
Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com as well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonics by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated. All rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins. 